Hello, hello. It's Sunday, so you know, new episode time. And I'm actually recording this um, at night right now. I'm trying to give something new instead of trying to record it at a day ahead or whenever I do it recording-wise. I don't record on Sundays. I usually record during the day on Saturday um, or if I have some time um, after work, um, I will record it. But usually I get interruptions or you hear background noise, etc., etc. Um, but I'm bringing it to you in the evening. It is about 10 o'clock where I'm at right now and it's quiet. And I have a beer, you guys, because, hey, it is the nighttime and I'm actually bringing it to you at night. And this is exciting. Um, I do have my cat in here with me. And she is making a lot of noise, so I do apologize. She's a kitten still, and she insists on being in the room with me. But welcome. This is Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. And if you're new here, welcome, welcome. I hope everybody had an awesome week, and we're still alive, and we're still happy. And last week was back to work for me, and it was a lot and lots of work, and you hear that right now in the background? She's scratching her scratching pad and she's a cat that um, needs to be on the side of the door that I am and I have my door shut because my daughter is sleeping. So anyway, I just want to again say a huge thank you to all of you that listen to me. My podcast is just growing and growing and it's just beyond belief and I cannot thank all of you enough. I am continuing to keep this ad free for a little longer and I can continue to do so by you all listening and liking and sharing. So thank you for your support. Now we're going to dive into today's case. And this case angers me. Uh, When I first heard this case, which you probably know by the name of the case, it just angered me with the ruling. They ruled this as an accident and there's no way that this is an accident Um, I just, I don't believe it and, you know, I'll let you guys form your opinion, but my opinion is that the boyfriend did it and yeah. So anyway, we have another one from the down under in Australia. (laughs) I'm really on a kick with these ones the last two times, aren't I? And today we're talking about the mysterious death of 24 year old Phoebe Hansjack. This is a bizarre case that is not only horrific, and like I said, was ruled as an accident. And others, like myself, believe it was her 40-year-old boyfriend. Now, Phoebe was an avid climber and a martial artist. So it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, she's known to just light up any room. And she she entered, you know, it's just, I'm having trouble reading my notes right now. I'm sorry. Um, she just lit up a room, any room she entered. And on December 2nd, 2010, her life was ended when she was found at the bottom of a trash chute, which she had fallen down from the 12th floor. This fall was brutal and tragic. So let's talk about Phoebe and who she was 
and her, at the time, 40-year-old boyfriend, Anthony Hample. Stop. Sorry, my cat. Phoebe Hanjuk was born on May 9th, 1986 in Melbourne, Australia, and she was the older sister to two younger brothers, Tom and Nikolai. She was a young girl. She was drawn to that great outdoors ever since she was young. She loved anything and everything about it. Now, her father, Lynn, was a psychiatrist. This was a happy family, and they lived in the Richmond suburbs. Phoebe had a good life and a very good upbringing. But at the age of 15, she started drinking and experimenting with drugs. I feel like that happens a lot in even good families. You know, you just have one kid that does that. I did a little bit of drinking, but no drugs, except for weed. That's not a drug, right? Now, at this age of 15, she ran off with an ex-convict and his child and ended up living with them for eight weeks. Uh, I wonder why she would want to do this because she had a great happy family and I get it. Some kids just do bad things without having a bad childhood, but I just don't understand. Like you run away with an ex-convict and his kid. And I don't know. I, don't, I wonder what her parents thought like that would not have flown in my house. Well, when she returned from her eight week little getaway, she was prescribed antidepressants and then she went off and had a relationship with a teacher who was twice her age. She's just a wild teenager, this girl. When she was 23, she started working at a reception desk at Lindley Godfrey Hair Salon in South Yara. This is when she met a client who went there, 39-year-old Anthony Hample. So like twice her age again, okay, this girl's got a thing for the older men and the convicts and yada, yada, yada. Anthony was a very handsome events promoter, and he was the son of a Supreme Court judge, George Hample, and his stepmom, Felicity Hample, was a county court judge. So just a very wealthy family, and he did start his own company but you know I like to give a background on everybody but Anthony he's a mysterious man just like this case I could not find anything on his exact birth date I just know he was born sometime in 1971 based on his age at the time of this case now there isn't any information on his parents other than what I told you that they're both judges and Anthony was a well-established promoter. He attended the Victorian College of Arts at Wesley College in Melbourne, and he also received his bachelor's degree. He also had some education on him. So, I mean, he was smart, good-looking, wealthy. I mean, I get it. I get why Phoebe was attracted to him. He started his venture in the event management and established his first event management company. So this dude really had some money. The company was called, I, well, the company was called Think Creative Events. Sorry, my cat's distracting me. She's like bouncing everywhere. And I'm like, just chill the F out. Now this company later sold eight years later after he established it in 1999. So... Let me say it again. This dude had money. He got money from his business. 
He's a handsome man, and it's very sad when we learn what he did. Well, what I think he did and so many others, but I will let you be the judge of that. So let's flash back to when Phoebe meets Anthony. They started hanging out casually, dating, and her boss, knowing Phoebe and Anthony, said she's just going to have her fun, fuck him, and leave him. While five months of them dating, Phoebe moved in with Anthony in his Balasia apartment on Kilda, Kilda Street. Kilda? No, I think it's Kilda. Kilda Street back in 2009. So about a year before her death. Now, I had to look up this place because I have no idea what a Balasia apartment is. And if you Google it, holy hell, is it stunning. The views. This is crazy, nutty, rich place to live. And Phoebe was living the good life. Or was she? After moving in with him over the next 14 months, she was drinking very heavily. Phoebe actually left Anthony four times in the six weeks before her death. This is kind of important to know since I believe he may have had a down in this. Like, he, I, I, I definitely, I, I'm not gonna, like, it's my opinion, right? He's innocent, but I just have strong opinions about that he did it. Now, Phoebe was still going to therapy and would tell her psychiatrist that Anthony was verbally abusive to her and said he never got physical, but even over those four times she left him, he always managed to lure her back in. How do all these women and men do this? Like, think of Catherine Knight, who we talked about, who was a whore, did the worst to her partners, and they always came back. Now, Anthony verbally abusing, maybe physical, and she goes back? What kind of spell does he have on her? Oh, I know. He's rich. He's handsome. Yeah. Well, if she had stayed gone that last time, she would still be alive today, I believe. I in no way believe this was a freak accident. Now, very sadly, her fourth return to Anthony would be the last one. Over that course of the year, it was sad that her family tried her tried to get her away from him, tried to help her with her drinking, but she was just a wild girl. She loved being adventurous and loved her partying. They, her family really did try everything to get her on track. And on December 2nd, 2010, Phoebe had made plans to go to dinner with her father, Lynn and Anthony. Before dinner, Phoebe was hanging around her apartment, just going about her normal day. And then at 11.44 a.m., she was captured on CCTV footage leaving her apartment, following a fire alarm to walk her dog. About an hour later, she returned to her 12th floor residence. Now, only Phoebe truly knows what happened after she returned home. This is where the case gets bizarre. Okay, so they capture her on the CCTV footage leaving her apartment and They're guessing she goes back home an hour later. And what is she doing in that apartment before dinner? And it's just crazy. Like, only Phoebe knows. So 
Anthony arrives home just after 6 p.m. He walked into a very unusual scene. There were shards of broken glass everywhere and blood splattered over the keyboard of the computer and the keyboard monitor screen. But Phoebe was nowhere in the apartment, but her purse and wallet and keys were sitting on the kitchen counter. Bizarre, right? There were no signs of a break-in. Did Phoebe get drunk or take pills and wander off? There were two wine glasses on the table that were never dusted for prints. Okay, that's suspicious. Why not? Because Anthony's rich and he has whatever he has. I don't know. Also, were they full or half drink or were they empty? Now, was Anthony lying coming about coming home? Was he there and then left and then came back? But there's no CTT, but it cannot. Why is that so hard to say? CCTV footage to reflect this. I'm going to take a sip of my beer. I think that'll help. Now, the search was on for missing Phoebe at this point because she was nowhere to be found. They didn't see that on the CCTV footage. And she didn't show for dinner with her dad and Anthony and was scheduled to go. Anthony was, like, scheduled to go with her, so this was strange and not like her. Even when she was partying or drinking, she always showed up for anything family-related. She would have not missed dinner with her dad, and she certainly wouldn't have drank herself silly, cutting herself in the process before doing so. So where is Phoebe? Waffles! Stop! I'm sorry. So... Anyway, where is Phoebe? By the time the investigators found her, it was too late. They found her in a pool of her own blood next to the trolley bin in the room at the bottom of the trash chute. How the hell did she end up there and how did she die? Was she murdered and placed there? Well, unfortunately, she had been long dead when they found her. She still had a blood alcohol level of 0.16 in her system, which is three times the legal limit. And there were sleeping pills in her system of Stilnox, which is a prescription sedative that I think there was a few of them in her system that were found. So that's interesting. I mean, Phoebe liked to party, but why would she take sedatives and drink like she's a partier she knows you don't mix those two so was her drink spiked like i would like to know that's not a good combo so what the heck happened and how'd she end up dead in that room oh my gosh she fell down the trash chute from the 12th floor there were bruises and cuts and broken bones she had been compacted on the way down fell down there alive and was alone in the dark, dying, trying to find the door that was locked. And it was super dark in there, by the way. And at certain times of the day could only be entered. So this poor girl was alive when she fell down that trash chute. Horrific. And she can't see. And 
she was trying to find the door to get out or just hoping somebody would open that door. Now, this scene was so bloody and you could tell where she was in the dark room trying to get out before finally passing away. She bled to death. If she could have gotten out of there, she might have survived. If somebody had walked in or she found that door and somebody saw her, like, I just, that just sounds horrific. It just sounds horrific. Now, although her injuries were bad, falling down a trash chute is very small and is a long way down with, like, crushers and stuff, so... Who knows how long she was alive in there bleeding to death. I can't, I can't imagine the horror. I really can't. The horror that she was feeling, the scaredness, just the whole thing. I can't imagine what she was feeling. Now, authorities concluded that Phoebe entered the trash chute around 12.03 p.m. and 7 p.m. So that's a loaded window of time. That's seven hours almost. Well, it is seven hours, not almost seven hours. It is seven hours. Come on, Christina. You know math. Well, not really. The chute was narrow and measured 14.5 inches by 8.6 inches. Now, someone of her size could certainly fit in. The coroner said that she went down the chute feet first with her hands at her sides. Okay. That's very strange. How could someone get into the chute feet first that much with alcohol and sleeping pills in your system? I think that would be pretty difficult to do as a sober person and you would need help. Also, why would Phoebe do this? It's not like she took the trash out and fell in. She was feet first. Based in the blood in the room, police determined that she did survive that fall. Like we had said, like she was alive trying to get out. Just horrific. She had bruises on her arms, which were unlikely to happen with vertical falls. Authorities believe that she slept, walked her way into that chute. Again, I ask now if she had slept, walked, would she have put herself in the chute feet first? It just doesn't add up. Now, I'm going to post a picture of them trying to put themselves in the chute feet first and it's not easy. It's very awkward and it doesn't, yeah, anyway. So Lauren Campbell is a retired police detective and also the grandfather of Phoebe. He received the news of her tragic death at 10 p.m. the day that she was found. He went to the scene knowing that they had ruled it an accident or a suicide, was convinced of one thing. Right when he walked in, he said, I believe she has been murdered. Damn right she was. Five days later, her footage seen on a CCTV footage, computers, and devices being left behind. Homicide detective concluded no foul play that Phoebe was drunk, caught her hand on the broken glass, and climbed into the chute while throwing away the broken glass. Again, I say, what? This is a crazy theory. Feet first, huh? Still sticking to that. She did this herself, huh? Still sticking to that. Well, good old grandpa 
isn't giving up, he stated that they missed so much. <coughs> Excuse me. He himself noted that in addition to the wine glasses, there were samples of some large shoe prints leading from the apartment that had been completely ignored. Someone carried her to that chute, and I'm guessing it was Anthony. <coughs> Lauren tried to recreate the climb himself by using some of Phoebe's friends in her, well, close in her size, right? All of them active and athletic and also sober, okay? Because I had mentioned you can't even get yourself in there sober. Now, all of these girls found it extremely difficult to fit themselves in the chute feet first without help. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, here are several reasons this series of her getting in herself doesn't work. Okay. Several theories. One of the major problems was from that dimension that the door comes up against your lower back and will jam you in. So how could she get in feet first with her arms at her side? There's nothing to grip to help you maneuver yourself in, especially if you're drunk or drunk and on sleeping pills. In 2013, three years after her death, a full inquest of her death was held after her mother raised $50,000 to cover the proceedings. Anthony's attorney objected to the notion that Phoebe was murdered, and the coroner was still convinced that she was sleepwalking. Now, on December 10th, 2014, the inquest concluded that, well, it concluded in Anthony's favor. So just disgusting. He was found innocent. Said, you can't tell me he didn't do anything or had anything to do with this? Like, even hired somebody? Like, I, I just don't believe it. After he came home that day to see the mess, he ate and drank beer. Like, what? Again, I always say that because I'm just like, what? Are you serious? You found this and you did what? And you weren't concerned? This is strange behavior on his part. I would have panicked. So this is just not an unsolved murdery, mur murder mystery. No. It's ruled as an accident and clearly what makes me mad. That girl was murdered. And she deserves the justice that she needs. Now, Anthony went on to have himself a lovely little life. And he went on to date a 25-year-old model named Bailey Schneider. Schneider, I think. One of those two. I apologize. I don't want to offend anybody. I mispronounce names. And I don't mean to. Some things are just hard to say. <laughs> and this was in 2018. But oddly... She died and was found with a gold cord wrapped around her neck only hours after they broke up. Um, super suspicious. A second girlfriend dead? Now, her death was also ruled a suicide. Okay, no. Bailey's parents say this is impossible. I don't blame them. And she was involved with Anthony, so... Wow. Now, he was found innocent. So I can't be bashing him. Well, I can. These are my feelings, and I feel strongly that he did it. But we can't accuse him of something that he already got. Uh, what's it called? I don't know the correct term, but you can't accuse somebody of something they've already been, like, freed, clear of. Like, But 
my mind is definitely going that direction of he did it. And I wonder what your guys' thoughts are too. I feel strongly that he did both Phoebe and Bailey. Now he eventually got remarried and Phoebe's mom said nothing will ever be the same. I just, poor Phoebe and her family. She was a wild one who didn't deserve to die in this horrific way. And what upsets me was she was still alive after that brutal way down. Her ankle broken, bleeding, alone, and scared in the dark. Just hoping to find a way out or hoping someone came in to help. Now, I know this is a close case, but I hope that someday the real truth comes out. And Phoebe and her family deserve that much. Now, you can see this beautiful soul on my Insta at Twisted Wicked Crime, the pod. And you can email me, Twisted Wicked Crime, the podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have case suggestions or you tell me, like, I mispronounced their name so wrong and you want to correct me, that's fine. <laughs> um, I know I do, and that's cool, and I take that. Now, I know this wasn't a long one today, but it was a mighty one, and I hope everyone has a kick-ass week ahead. You stay happy, you stay healthy, you make good choices, and you stay alive. I will be taking next week off because I am going to um, do a little more research on a case, and it's also Mother's Day, so I do want to take that weekend off. Um, If I have a case, if I have my case done, I'm working on it right now, but if I have it done um, in a timely manner, like Wednesday or Thursday, I'll try to, uh, record it so I can get it to you on Sunday. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't do same day recordings and uploads. Um, I usually do it on Friday evenings, um, after I get out of work (laughs) before my little one goes to bed. Um, sometimes I do it on Saturdays in the middle of the day. It just depends. Um, but in this case, since it's Mother's Day, I probably won't be doing one and give myself a little more time to work on this case. But like I said, if I finish it and I have enough time and if this um, evening one, this night one at late at night works out, um, I might be doing more of these because this was easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, other than my wild ass cat in the background who is of course laying on my bed now about to fall asleep so all that destruction you heard in the background this whole entire time i was recording and now she's going to go to sleep if it's not my child screaming in the background or trying to open my door it's my cat welcome to my life But anyway, I hope everybody has a wonderful week, like I said, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.